During my first year of medical school in the middle of the social isolation that came with the COVID pandemic, I found community through our school CMDA chapter. The friendships I've gained through CMDA have continued to grow deeper as we've invested time and fellowship with each other. I love to listen to the CMDA Matters podcast because it helps educate me on current topics through a refreshingly biblical perspective. Faith Prescriptions has also been an invaluable tool to use during clerkships. It's provided practical tools that I could use as I sought to incorporate spiritual conversations and prayer into my daily interactions with patients. As a student aspiring to serve in long-term medical missions, CMDA also introduced me to the GMHC conference, where I had the opportunity to meet like-minded students, residents, and attending physicians, connect with mission-sending organizations, and hear testimonies from the field. I was so encouraged to find that I was not alone in my desire to serve overseas. In short, God has used CMDA in my life to deepen my faith and help equip me to love and serve others, all with the understanding that my identity is rooted in Christ alone rather than in the medical profession. I'm so thankful for all that CMDA does, and I can't imagine my medical school experience without it. Hi, this is Dr. Mike Chupp, and you are listening to CMDA Matters, the weekly podcast of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. It's great to be back with you all after a few weeks of traveling through Israel and Jordan as Pam and I got to co-host the CMDA tour for 12 days in November. It was amazing to finally walk where Jesus walked and to read aloud Matthew chapters 5 through 7 on the hillside where Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. We got to visit Nazareth and Bethlehem and so many other biblical sites, including Mount Carmel, where Elijah prayed down God's fire from heaven and shamed the prophets of Baal. We got to pray as a CMDA group in the Garden of Gethsemane and walked the Via Della Rosa to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, which is the traditional site of Jesus' crucifixion and burial. We got to do a sunset cruise on the Sea of Galilee, not far from Capernaum, and Michael W. Smith worship music was playing in the background. It, it was indescribable. If all that sounds inviting to you, I've got good news because we have two Israel tours in 2023, one in February and one in November. I just cannot overstate the spiritual or faith impact that going to Israel will have on you as a Christ follower, especially with our guide, whose name is Jeremy, who has Jewish heritage and has lived for 30 plus years in Israel as an ardent Christ follower. One of the physicians that was in our group this month had been to Israel three times before, and he told me that Jeremy was by far the most gifted guide that he had ever experienced. If you'd like more info on the specifics of the dates as well as the cost, you can just go to cmda.org tours. Dr. Jeff Barrows and his wife Kathy will be co-hosting our February Holy Land experience. I hope that you'll join us one of those two tours in 2023. 
That inspiring testimony that you just heard at the beginning of today's episode was Kaylee Hall, who's a third-year medical student from Texas A&M. She's a member of CMDA as a student, and she just returned from this year's Global Missions Health Conference. And wow, how incredible it is to hear how CMDA has been impacting her healthcare training and how she's been taking advantage of all of the resources available to her through this ministry, like faith prescriptions and mentoring and our various conferences and much more. Kaylee's story is one of the many reasons we do what we do here at CMDA. We could not provide the resources and support to students like Kaylee without donors like you. Today, I wanted to share a quick reminder that we are in the middle of our year-end giving campaign. Our goal this year for November and December is $655,000. To help encourage everyone to consider a gift, a group of our CMDA champions that I'm calling the 12 Donors of Christmas, they've provided a $100,000 matching gift. I want to thank everyone who has already responded. If you've not given this year, your CMDA could really use your help, friends. It's an exciting time for CMDA because many of our ministries continue to grow in phenomenal ways, but it's also a challenging season in that cost of doing ministry is growing rapidly. It's causing a bit of a pinch in our budget this year. Thank you for prayerfully considering how the Lord Jesus could have you help advance the work of your CMDA in the world today. It's easy to make a gift. You can do this by visiting cmda.org give or just by calling 888-230-2637 today. Our interview today is rather unique. It's a conversation that I got to have here in our studio at CMDA headquarters in Bristol, Tennessee. But our guest, he traveled halfway around the world to sit down with me for this interview. I don't want to give too much away before we get started, but I'll just say my guest is a very prominent physician leader in the nation of Nigeria. Well, today on CMDA Matters, I have with me in the studio today here in Bristol, the president of CMDA Nigeria, Dr. Coyote Iyun. And I hope he'll forgive me for whatever mispronunciation <laughs> I did on that name. But uh, Dr. Coyote is a plastic surgeon and uh, has coupled a visit to the United States with the diaspora, as he calls them, Nigerian physicians who are here in the U.S. that he's been meeting with, and some family, and now had made room in his schedule to come by Bristol and to see what's going on at mm -hmm. CMDA USA. So Dr. Coyote, welcome to CMDA Matters. Thank you, Dr. Mike. So how long have you been the president of CMDA Nigeria? Well, I've been the president since um, August 1st, um, 2020. Uh, I did the first two years, and I started my second tenure. That was August 1st, 2022. So you're a plastic surgeon. Where did you get your training? And tell us about what your practice looks like right now. Well, I'm a plastic surgeon. Plastic, we call it a plastic reconstructive anesthetic sure. surgeon. Um, my training has been basically in Nigeria. My residency was in Nigeria. Most of my training has been in University College Hospital in Ibadan, which is southwest Nigeria. That's where I did my medical school. That's where I did my house job. That's where I did my residency. That's where I'm 
employed as a consultant, uh, as a plastic surgeon. My special area of interest is on wounds, especially difficult to heal wounds, chronic wounds, and on bone care. So I'm the consultant in charge of the bone units in UCH in Ibadan. So that's basically what I do. Most of the practice um, of plastic surgery in Nigeria, well, I'm the secretary general for the Plastic Surgery Association in Nigeria. Okay. So there are, there are close to 200 plastic surgeons. Um, initially, most of the plastic surgery we were doing was mainly general plastic surgery, reconstructive, burns. But aesthetic surgery, it's about less than 10% of oh. what we do generally. Right. Although we have a few plastic surgeons that have veered more towards cosmetic. But most of the things that are done generally are more of the reconstructive burns. So we talked earlier today um, in yeah. our headquarters that you've been involved with CMDA Nigeria for some time. In fact, in the mid-90s, yeah. you, you were the student president for, yeah. the, for the Christian Union. Yeah, I, I joined, um, well, the name wasn't CMDA then. It, was, it had another name, mm-hmm. it's a rather long name. It was in 1991. That was, I think, my second year. That's when I got involved as a student. And from there, I've been in different positions. I've been the coordinator as preclinicals. I became the school president. Then I became the national president by 1995. Then when I became a doctor, I became the secretary for my chapter. Then I became, after that, I became the vice president for my chapter, vice chairman for my chapter. Then I became the chairman for my chapter. Then on the national level, I was assistant secretary. Then um, I became the treasurer. Then I became the vice president West. Then I became the president. Wow. Yeah. So you've come through from the grassroots all the way yeah, up, all the, to, way up. All the way up to be yeah. to be president. We've been corresponding by email for quite a long time because you were supposed to come in 2020 to Bristol yeah. and then came COVID and yeah. we've we've waited 2 years to meet one another until today. Yeah. The student involvement is just spectacular in Nigeria. You yeah. wrote to me that you had a student gathering in July, and I'm just amazed. Tell our listeners about that student gathering. In July, we, we had what we call our joint national, that, that was actually our fifth joint national conference. And we're also celebrating our 50th year as CMDA Nigeria. 58 years. 50. 50th okay. year as CMDA Nigeria. And um, the unique thing about it was there was a lot of insecurity issues mm-hmm. around that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were doing it in the capital, Abuja, and there are strikes, the students were at home, so it, was, it seemed as if nobody was going to come. But we still had a large student, we had about 1,200 students. There were actually 1,447 people that came for that conference. About 200 of them were doctors, the remaining were students, and the, the remaining joined online. But by 1,547 were there physically for that meeting. So if that's yeah. a measure of your future of CMDA Nigeria, that's yeah. very positive. Yeah, it is. We have had that consistent, um, what I call revival since the 1990s, when we had close to 500 I think we'd have probably had a double that number if we didn't have those issues. So what yeah. attracts the the average, if I can use that term, average Christian healthcare professional, physician or dentist to be a part of your movement there in Nigeria? 
Yeah, first of all, it's the the passion that we have for the work of God. We believe that we are supposed to care for the whole man, spirit, soul, and body. Mm. And we believe that God has called us for that purpose, to be an instrument of revival uh, in the land. And we believe that we can change our health system and we can change our nation. And we are committed to doing that. And um, the students have seen us demonstrate that. When, when I was a student, we didn't have any organized... Well, the doctor's hand was not that organized. It, it started getting more organized by the 2000s. And they had seen us, that were students, move from hardly having any students to some of us actually heading um, some of the institutions, some of us becoming professors, some mm-hmm. of us head. So the students are, can see that, yes, if we follow these people, we can actually be the best and we can make, uh, and we tell them our testimonies, testimonies of how some students and um, patients come to the saving knowledge of Christ, how we were able to get through our exams because that's really an issue. Residency program, having to pass the exams and and tell them of how some of us have got scholarships, how miraculous things that God has done, and that has geared them up for them to do a lot more. So we have a a great revival, which we want to make the most of. Oh, praise God. Yeah. How about mentorship? How big of a role does that play? That plays a big role. Um, at present, the, there's something that has been designed um, that takes the medical student, once he joins CMD, right from 100 to 100 level, is being taught things that you expect them to know in terms of leadership, in terms of um, their faith, in terms of um, missions, in terms of um, things that relate to that. It takes them all the way to their young young years as doctors, and so that mentorship, and for that to be done, you have the older doctors who actually train them in that line. So it seems like here in the U.S., <clears throat> when we hear about Nigeria, we're constantly reminded of friction, and, and uh, yeah. especially between uh, Islam and Christianity, and yeah. there's a, a great deal of insecurity that played a role probably in keeping some students away from your conference this yeah. summer. And I've had a number of friends, one in particular uh, in New York who was talking about how a family member was kidnapped and murdered uh, from the family. And a number of physicians, because of that, are leaving the country. So how do you help Nigerian Christian doctors serve in that extremely insecure environment? What role does CMDA play in Nigeria? Well, first of all, the insecurity is a bit, it's, it's a bit complex. It's not as simple as it said, then there's also the, the place of the media. If you're outside the country, you think the whole country is burning. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's like when I came to U.S., the churches I went to, I saw police. I was surprised that what are the police doing in the churches? But mm. so if I was somewhere outside just listening, I would think that they are shooting in every, in every church every in America. Church every in America. Church. Yeah. So that, that, that's an aspect. So mm-hmm. really, so that is blown up many times proportion, out of proportion. But the reality is there that there's problems of insecurity, uh, mainly because of Islamic um, fundamentalists, particularly in the North. But you also have issues that has to do with global issues, economic issues. Because of that, because of the economic issues, people 
will tend to migrate because those are factors that affect migration. People move from the announced setting from the state hospitals to the federal hospitals because of security reasons. People move from the very far up north more towards the south. And because of economic issues, also those that are not are having issues with their farmlands because of conflicts are moving down south. And some of them are contribute to the insecurity because they have no jobs and things like that. So there are issues of kidnappings and the people they will target, of course, might be doctors because they believe that the doctors are up there, particularly economically. Then with the global issues that has opened up opportunities in the West, in the UK, in the US, where they are recruiting to fill up some of their healthcare deficiencies. So a number of people are living um, to get to be able to take care of their families and have a better, better life. So some have gone to the Middle East to make some money, more money. The dollar, the naira in the black markets, you know, we have the official rate and the black markets went as high as um, 700 to, to $1. Officially, it's about 430 And so sometimes you can't, you want to buy dollars, you can't even get the dollar. So the prices are that high. And most of the things you get are imported. So once the dollar goes up on the black market, the prices of everything just continues to change. Sure. It continues to change. Mm-hmm. So the money that you keep in the bank is just devalued. You can't buy much with it. And that affects many things, school fees. Uh, so the doctors have tend to have more opportunity, not just the doctors, the nurses, health workers. So it was a common thing that people do migrate, but now it's actually at an alarming rate. So right? how hard these 1,200 students or 1,000 yeah. students that were together in July, when yeah. they finish, how difficult will it be, Dr. Coyote, for them to find jobs when they finish? The thing about it, more than half of them or three quarters of them are already doing exams to to come to come come, come west over, somewhere yeah, else come, west, the come somewhere else so in the end they probably will get jobs but outside of nigeria they'll get outside nigeria but they'll still get because people are living so there'll be vacancies for them uh, but we tend to be producing more and more i would have said there would have been a problem with them getting jobs but because people are living they probably won't be at least for the next one or two years until that catches up that fills up then there may now be a problem subsequently. So clearly you are highly committed as a Nigerian Christian uh, physician to serve your people. Is there a strategy to somehow limit and to curb this alarming exodus? Clearly some of the security issues in your country, like some of the the Islamic extremism, is it hit very close to home for you? Well, you know I'm the president of Nigeria, so I can't say home. Home is, <laughs> home is, Niger- ever, yeah, home Nigeria, is everywhere. Yeah, yeah so um, if anything is happening everywhere, anywhere, it's it's home, right? But in terms of where I live or where I practice, I practice mm-hmm. in the southwest, mm-hmm. so some of it is a bit distant, but insecurity is still there. Kidnapping. Um, Church burnings. Church burnings sometimes takes place in the north. Mm-hmm. But you see, some of these things also takes place when there's an ethnic, inter-ethnic rivalry or conflict or something done over land. Mm-hmm. So there's usually a mix 
Well, sometimes you, in the north, uh, Muslims tend to be, I don't know whether you call them cowboys, those that take <laughs> um, rare, rare cattle, while the Christians tend to be farmers. So if the cattle rarers need to get um, grass for their cattle or their herds, so they, they take over the farms, of course, th those will fight back. So it will now be seen as a Muslim-Christian issue. And of course, there's. I'm not playing down the fact that there's a, there's a, there's an Islamic agenda. There is one, but some of it are also economic agenda. Some of it are due to other factors that well, are taking place. Talk to us about the influence of the church on Nigerian culture, and you're very well aware. You have family here in the U.S. We've yeah. talked about some of these things in the U.S. in terms of the authority of the Word of God for the associations, CMDA as well as the church in general? Well, first of all, in, generally in Nigeria, the place of the word of God is, that's the final authority mm. when it comes to the word. It's actually surprising when we start getting alternative narratives, mainly coming from the West. We wonder why the word is the word. You, um, somebody mentioned that there's something called post-Christianity or post-modernism. And I ask my question, can you get wiser than God? Can you get uh, more modern than God? I mean, God created the heavens and the earth. He created man. You really can't get wiser or bigger than God. Yeah. So generally when we talk about, when I talk about being liberal, I'm, more talking, I'm talking more about culturally, being freer, being able to accept more ideas than just the traditional way of doing things. That, that does, has nothing to do with integrity of God's word. That has nothing to do with the fact that um, God made man, male and female created he them. Um, that is what God has done. And I think yeah. that's why CMDA US, as mm -hmm. well as the US in general, we, yeah. we desperately need the global south. We need the African church. I yeah. was so pleased, having lived in Africa for most of 20 years, mm. we need the African church to ho help hold us as an anchor and dependence upon the Word of God as, mm. as our final authority. I'm just thinking of the, the Methodist Church recently and the, mm. the international partners that came together to talk about things like gay marriage and mm. on the authority, final authority of the Word of God uh, for us. And it was the African Church that I read in some editorials that said to some of the North American and European Methodist Church, you can keep your support dollars, but we will not give up the Word of God. Yeah. So I so appreciate the African church and what God is doing there. I mean, it's an exploding church. It really is. And of course, I've heard things, uh, even from my Kenyan brothers and sisters, church leaders that would say, yeah, the church is you know 3,000 miles wide, but only an inch deep. But certainly, if, if depth is dependence upon the Word of God, that's depth to me. Yeah. I hear people say that, and well, in every move of God, in every generation, there are always some deficiencies. Even if you go through the Bible, if you really read the Bible well, you'll be surprised there are false prophets, there are brethren that are called liars. If you see a brother that is a liar, I mean, that, that sounded funny reading the Bible. You see a brother that is a liar, and is a brother that is a liar, is a fraud. So, so that, that is in the church, but I, I really don't agree with that narrative that it's, um, it's just an inch, di inch um, deep. I've seen, I've related with Christians in the West, and they're lovely, solid people. 
But I've also seen things on a general basis. I know the difference. Mm-hmm. I've been to church with my sister and I've asked them that when are we going to start service at the end of the service? That we are, <laughs> we are just about getting into and yet they are stopping and she has to tell me that we are overfed in Nigeria, that's why. <laughs> because of the depths, we could actually get into more depths spiritually on the world in some of this. So, in, in, in Nigeria? Yeah, no, in, in, in the in, U.S. In the U.S., yeah, in okay. The US. So, so you, you have that. And more personally for me, most of my upbringing in terms of learning the Word of God were from the U.S. That's um, reading after Kenny Hagen, Kenny Copeland, those, those are the words that fed me. Those are the things that I grew up with. So it, it, it can be very disheartening when you come and you realize that in some places is not as deep as it should be. So I, I don't agree with the narrative that it is wide and not deep. I agree with the fact that there are some deficiencies, things that we need to learn from the West that will help us to grow stronger, maybe things, integrity, finance, maybe some other things, organizational structures, yeah. I agree with that. Those things need to be learned. But the same way, like you said, there are some things you need to learn from us. Yeah. Well, our listeners can't see what you're wearing, but you're wearing uh, a yeah. shirt that represents <laughs> CMDA Nigeria with yeah. a stethoscope, and it says, my part, I will, I will play. play. Yeah. And and in one corner is a logo from ICMDA. Yeah. And I was sharing with uh, one of our senior leaders here, because I'm on the board of ICMDA, that one of the things I'm impressed with, with the African movements and others are tightly integrated as part of the global community as part of ICMDA. So tell us about how ICMDA helps bring together regionally the various associations in Africa. The first time I I went for a conference in ICMDA, I think I mentioned was the one in Durban. Yes. That's the first one I came to Africa. That was 1998. And I can remember at that conference, we had some people come from Kenya. And actually when going back, I went back with the people from Kenya and right now, because I'm the president of CMDA Nigeria, in the ICMDA West Africa, I'm on the board, mm-hmm. which has the president of Ghana and also the president for Liberia there. And in some other climbs, you also have the African group. So all that helps you to connect. And basically, we learn from each other. Many of the things we are facing as Christian doctors or health professionals are actually similar with some of, there are some peculiarities. There are some problems that when I hear some of the other presidents complain, I just feel I don't have, we don't have any problem. <laughs> uh, because I feel we have a lot of problems, but when they start saying, uh-huh. what they are, I say, ah, we have gone past this. So we can easily tell them how to, to solve those problems. Uh, because we have gone through that phase before. Mm. So that helps some form of community. It mm. helps um, iron sharpening iron yeah. so that we can actually fulfill the vision. The The eventual mandate is for us to, a Christian weakness in every available community. Yeah. And that's what we are determined to do. And to use our medicine, what God has given us as a tool. You know, the rod in Moses' Rod of Moses eventually became the Rod of God. Yeah, it switched on that. So the medicine, we are lifting it up as our own rod. I want to use it as an instrument or a tool in the hand of God for his glory and for the salvation of men. 
I'd like to ask you, Coyote, what encouragement or what challenge would you give to our listeners here in the United States, uh, Christian healthcare professionals? Uh, we have a lot of burnout. Uh, we talk a lot about burnout. I don't know what, uh, how you feel about uh, the burnout crisis and whether it impacts in the same way Nigerian healthcare professionals. In terms of burnouts, yes, we do have burnouts. We have burnout in, also in Nigeria also. A number of physicians get burnt out. I don't know about the issue of stamina because uh, we tend to work a lot, especially during the residency period. You don't have all those liberties of, well, I've done the hours I'm supposed to do. I can't do anymore. You just have to keep on working. But for what I want to say to the people in, U- in the U.S., it's always um, it's good to appreciate what you have. It's always good to also thank God for what you have. What you have is not perfect, just like everything is not perfect. Right. Sometimes when you see what other people are dealing with, you just know, thank God, that you are blessed with what you already have. I think in an atmosphere whereby um, you are thankful to God for what you have and you are dependent on God for your strength and for ability provision, in such a way you can push those pressures onto God rather than you wanting to solve the problem on your own. Mm-hmm. And that will help you with the burnout. The burnout sometimes is you trying to figure everything out. Mm. Well, you can actually put it in God's hands and trust that it will everything will work out fine. Oh, that's a good word. Well, Dr. Coyote Yoon, thank you for taking the time for this conversation. Appreciate your leadership, willingness to be used by God in Nigeria for Nigerians using healthcare as a tool, changing hearts in healthcare in Nigeria. Thank you for having me. Really glad to be here. Well, my conversation with Dr. Coyote reminded me of the importance of the global community we have here at CMDA. It extends far beyond our borders here in the U.S. and spreads all across the globe. We've talked about this on the podcast previously, but CMDA USA is only one of more than 90 different national organizations that make up ICMDA. It's the International Christian Medical and Dental Associations. Through ICMDA, we are partners in a much larger movement that seeks to equip and encourage healthcare professionals in their work for Jesus Christ. You can learn more about ICMDA by just going to icmda.net. Speaking of ICMDA, now is the time to start thinking about registering for the ICMDA World Congress. It's being held in Arusha, Tanzania from June 20th through the 25th of 2023. This event is held every four years, and its purpose is to be a means to further the work of the Holy Spirit around the world, to further the vision and mission of ICMDA, and to strengthen, grow, and develop the work in 14 world regions. This year's theme for the conference is Serving with Love in a Hurting World. In addition to the main conference, there's also pre-conference events for both students and graduates, I'm going to be there as the final plenary speaker on Sunday the 25th. I hope you'll make plans to join me in Tanzania for this event that helps to grow the global community of CMDA. 
If you'd like more information and to register, just visit cmda.org events. One of the things that sticks out the most from my conversation with Dr. Coyote is hearing about the number of students who attended their conference in Nigeria and how active students are within their ministry in the country, even in the midst of crisis and security issues. I am praying for students here in the U.S. that they will also experience the same kind of engagement and involvement in their local chapters on their campuses. We all know graduate school is a true test of faith, especially with the increasing hostile environment for Christians on campuses across our country. That's why campus ministry is such an integral and core piece of CMDA, where students and residents are encouraged to live out the character of Christ on their campuses and as they continue through their healthcare training. We reach all the way from the undergraduate world through medical, nursing, and dental school, and then into residency. These student groups need healthcare professionals to join them and be a mentor, be an encourager, and to be an advisor to help students navigate the pressure and stress of training. I wanna encourage you to visit cmda.org ccm if you'd like to learn more about getting involved with our campus ministries across the country. Well, before I close today, I wanted to take a moment and thank Pastor Burt Jones, who's right here with me in the studio, for filling in for me the last couple of weeks while I had a chance to be in Israel and Jordan. Thanks, Bert, uh, for covering for me. And You're welcome. I wanted to give our listeners an opportunity to hear from you about a brand new book that you've published, and you gave me the privilege to write the forward for. Yes, you did, and thank you so much for doing that. And uh, so excited about this new project that we've done with CMDA. It's called The Leadership Journal from a Leader's Journey. And it is a scrapbook of things that God's taught me over the last 30 plus years of leadership and uh, makes a great uh, gift for Christmas. If you know of a leader, someone that you'd like to give something to, you can call 888-230-2637 or go to cmda.org and it makes a great gift for Christmas. Wow. And maybe they could even get them engraved or something, but yeah. they put someone's name on them. Yeah. And if they ask, uh, I'll even sign it if they want. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Bert. Thank you. Don't forget, you can find your copy of the Leadership Journal from a Leader's Journey in the CMDA bookstore by going to cmda.org bookstore. Well, God willing, I'll be back next Thursday, and my guests are two CMDA members who are following God's call on their lives to become long-term healthcare missionaries. Their stories are both pretty amazing, so you don't want to miss it. As always, if you want to suggest a future guest for our podcast, just email us at cmdamatters at cmda.org. And if you like our podcast, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and share us on your favorite social media platform. I'd like to close this week's episode with a verse that Dr. Coyote mentioned while we were talking, which is from Proverbs 27, verse 17, which says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. How thankful I am for ICMDA members just like Dr. Coyote Iyun. They're all around the world, and they understand the importance of this verse. It's the same point medical student Kaylee made at the very beginning of our episode as well, because the scripture verse helps us understand that we're not alone, friends, 
and God desires us to build loving and growing relationships and communities. That's exactly what Dr. Coyote and Kaylee and so many other CMDA as well as ICMDA members across the globe do each and every single day as they bring the hope and healing of Christ to our world. That's what matters to CMDA and CMDA Matters. We'll see you next week, friends, God willing. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate.